Hello and welcome to another edition of the Mexican Stalker Show. I'm your host, Cesar Hernandez, and today we're going to talk about the glorious return of Tuca to We're going to talk about Liga Vecchi's Classicals and also a bit about Marco Fabian's contract debacle in Turkey. But before we get into that, let me introduce tonight's guest. First, we have Tom Marshall over in Guadalajara. Tom, how are you doing? Not bad, yeah. Um, my neighbors have moved out last week. Which is that a good is, thing or a bad um, thing? That's a very, very good thing. Yeah, it's a very, very good thing. So, yeah, so very happy with that because um, there's only so many narco corridos you can take at 4 a.m., you know what I mean? Oh, are these people who party all the time? <laughs> so are yeah. you mad they left or are you mad they never invited you? No, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm very happy they left. <laughs> and then over in Mexico City, we have Adriana Terrazas. Adriana, how are you doing? And do you have any regular problems with your neighbors as well? Um, not at the moment, but yes, I had like this, um, party. It was like a 60 year old party thing going on with some neighbors and they had a karaoke. So I was like, I know it was like a time machine going back to like the sixties rock, like Spanish rock thing kind of going on. And I don't know, so people think they can sing, even though they, they're 60 years old and they probably had another chance of hearing themselves in the karaoke, but they were giving it a, a good try. So it was nice to see, to listen to something that isn't reggaeton for a while. It's called alcohol. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, now that we're fully updated on the neighbor situation for both Tom and Adriana, all right, let me check that off the rundown right here. <laughs> My neighbors, I don't really, mm, I don't know much. I stay very quiet over here. Like I try not to like make too much noise. I feel like our neighbors over here try not to make too much noise either. So actually, I don't, I don't really have any problems yet. Yet that is until someone has a uh, a karaoke machine over like Adriana. <laughs> but but yeah, once again, now that we're, we're fully updated on the neighbor situation, let's jump into today's uh, big question uh, for the show. And it's, uh, would you like to see Tuca Ferretti stay as a permanent head coach of L3? Adriana, your thoughts? I would, but not in this particular situation. I would have liked him four years ago, maybe instead of Osorio. I'm I still think that he's not the ideal coach, although he is the best one available at the moment. So I, I only think that um, what I regret the most is that he doesn't have this history of having um, lots of young players in his squads. And I think that's the only thing I, would, I wouldn't I would be inclined to have him for the national team coach. But still, I'm kind of psyched to see him again. I, I, I think he's a great character for Liga Mekis. I, I love his press conferences, even when he gets mad. It's just something that that's fun to see. So I'll, I'll be glad to see him, and um, let's see what what squad he brings up for the, for these uh, matches. Yeah, I mean, he's undoubtedly uh, an interesting and fun kind of figure uh, when he gets up there right in front of the mic. But Tom, your thoughts? I mean, he's definitely going to be entertaining, but would you like to see him stay as a permanent head coach for three? Um, I'm not really no. I, I, it wouldn't be it wouldn't be my choice. Don't get me wrong. I think it'd be you know if you want like kind of solidity, you want somebody who knows the Mexican game and. You know, knows the Mexican players and and you know has been around the system. You know, know knows how to work the system, knows the press, all of which is slightly different, obviously. In I suppose any country, but you know, specifically Mexico, the expectations are always so high. Tuca just knows all that. He'll walk in there and he'll that's it. He just knows it all. You know, he doesn't have to be learning on the job like Osorio had to, and and like others have had to before. So I think that's the positive. But for me. I prefer a, a manager who's a bit more forward-thinking, yeah. um, a manager who kind of has the potential to close the gap Mexico has on the on the very best teams. You know, has as as ideas, has a different way of working. Whereas I, I think Tuca, 
um, is very old school, to be honest, in terms of his training methods, in terms of the way he sets up his team to play. Um, and for that reason, that's that's my main reason for, for why I wouldn't want him. I'd prefer to take a risk with somebody and, and in with the knowledge that it all, could all blow up. Um, but also on the other side that it could, you know, that it could go really well and it could, you know, potentially be a, a really great thing. Whereas, you know, Tuka, I don't think, I don't think he's going to bring that to the team. Yeah, I know. I think there's a Tuka in a way. I think he is a risk in itself. But I, I think it'd be interesting to see him. Yeah, in that interim position, I am fascinated to see how he does. Obviously, the last time he was at interim position, he did quite well uh, for Mexico. Um, I think, if I remember correctly, he even made a deal with the play. I mean, speaking of just the entertainment aspect, but didn't he make the deal with the players that if they won the Concacaf Cup, he would like shave off the mustache? And that was kind of funny oh, seeing yeah, him with the shaved mustache that. after that. So it's kind of clearly like. <laughs> The players like respect him and kind of like him as well, but at the same time, I do think it's a it would be a step back. I, I do think it would be a step back, and I know Tom mentioned you know this is someone who really understands Mexican soccer and the ins and outs of Mexican soccer, but I don't know if that really justifies uh, bringing him on on a permanent deal. But as an interim, yeah, hundred percent. Why not? If there if there was someone who would be the interim manager, I feel like that is the ideal person to be honest, but. It'll be interesting to see uh, what happens uh, after the upcoming friendlies. Uh, well, really- yeah, it's going. I mean, it's going to be. It's going to be interesting to see if they try again to try to keep him. I mean, my my sense of it is that he's not going to take it. There's no way. Mm-hmm. But people like Feitelson at ESPN, you know, they, he's interviewed Tuca Ferretti recently, and he keeps coming out with this idea that you know, if that, that he's not ruling it out, and I don't think the federation's completely ruling it out. But I just think, you know, I was looking back at the stories and, you know, twice in July he said no. And then today he was in a press conference basically saying, I'll, I'll have it until, you know, until somebody else comes along. But that's, you know, that's it. You know, um, Miguel Mejia Barron's not going with him this time. And I think that shows you his priority with, with Tigres. I think Duca's really scared of few, you have a few bad results and then you're out. And I think if you look through his whole career, he stayed with clubs, you know, he respected contracts. And I think you look at what he's, what's happening with Tigres, I just think he's kind of happy with it. You know, I don't think... I mean, I mean how I don't, not be when you have that roster and you have that kind of money being spent on players and that's yeah. recent success? Why, would, why wouldn't you be happy yeah, with that project? In a, you know, great city. He'll probably live in um, San Pedro, um, you know, in a really nice part of Monterrey. I mean, you know, he's probably got a really good life, you know what I mean? And, and I think that... Why? Why would he want to rock the boat? I mean, some I don't understand it because I think if you got a chance to to manage in a World Cup, then you know, and, and to test yourself against you know how to stop Messi, how to stop Ronaldo, how to stop Neymar. I mean, I think that's that should be a professional challenge for him. But you know, I don't, I just don't think he has at this stage of his career this, that that ambition because he was an assistant in '94, and I think he knows. I think he thinks that he's already kind of been through a World Cup, and I don't think I still don't think he trusts the federation. Yeah, when you look at what some of the fans are saying online, it's pretty clear that they wouldn't want him as a permanent coach. U- Eugene Rapinski says, nope. Jose Villanueva says, no. Uh, Jay Rodriguez says, no. On the YouTube chat, no, 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 no. I mean, there are a couple yeses uh, that I've seen, but it seems like for the most part, nobody really wants uh, yeah. as uh, the long-term option here. I, I mean, I mean, you know, if, you, if you're going to give the like kind of count, the counter-argument, it's... Um... It's, it's Uruguay, Tavares, 
and and the way he kind of he's been in for so long is real old school. He puts sets his team out quite a lot like Tuca, a very different style, but you know a bit like Tuca. He's got his system. He implements his system. They play that way. Everybody knows what they're doing. Um, and and you could see how you know it could it could potentially work. I'm not saying I, I don't think it'd be a disaster by any means to bring yeah. in Tuca, but um, you know I, I I just think that. And I, I, I mean, I think the overriding thing is we can debate kind of the who's going to be the manager all day, next day for, for weeks on end. But I mean, for me, that it's, it's about the players. You know what I mean? If you go back to the Euro, Uruguay example again, I mean, you look, what team was um, Alanis? was Gaddafi, no? And I, I, I looked through their roster and they've got like a couple of Uruguayan defenders and you never heard of them. <laughs> you know what I mean? But they've just they've got just got so many players at like good level teams all around. And it's like that for me, that's the that's the next thing in Mexican football. That's the next challenge. Uh is this generation now that obviously we're gonna see 2022 in Qatar, 2026, home world cup, is that generation capable of of making that move to Europe? Because I think so far this summer, it's for me, it's the big talking point. It's not, it's not happening, and it's um, slightly concerning. I mean, let's 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 bring this back to Duca. Let's let's really jump into this. Um, I, I think one question that keeps coming up to me, and like I, Tom mentioned a little bit there, there, but does Duca even really want this job? I'm still not entirely convinced that he is a hundred percent wanting this position. So I feel like that's something that people aren't really talking about enough. It it's not about whether we want him or whether the federation wants him as the permanent manager, but do you think Duca even wants the position? I don't think he wanted it at all. I think there was some groveling required on the federation's part because he's been really insistent that he doesn't he has no interest. And I think he actually has more to lose if he took the job than if he just mm-hmm. stayed at Tigres where he announced he's been retiring in a couple of years. And as as Tom said, he's really old school. I mean, he can get the job done. We know that. That's the, the only reason we probably would say, yeah, he can go ahead and just do it in case he was actually interested in staying. But the other thing is, we we don't. That's why I insist. I don't. I've never seen this style, whether he was when with Pumas or with Tigres, of bringing out all these players, despite the, the 2011 rule that um, he was kind of obligated to use these young players, and he still isn't convinced. So how can you have a coach that doesn't want the job? And doesn't have that style of bringing in those new players that we know we don't only want. We really need that general generational change. So um, I, I really think there was some begging from be, from the behalf of the federation. I'm pretty sure they convinced Club Tigres to do it, just like they did it three years ago. Because he said the same thing three years ago, and it's just like we're seeing the same thing over and over again. He's even playing the United States again. So I, yeah. I really think that um, this was somehow the federation saying, "Hey, we just really need some more time." We, we might respect the fact that you don't want to stay permanently. Um, and even Tuca said that he has already spoken with one of the candidates that the Federation has. So we know they exist. They, they might exist. We don't know who they are. We don't know what they're looking yeah. for. But apparently Tuca's talked with them, with one of them. He's, so yeah, I just think it's the Federation. That was a yeah. brilliant comment, no? <laughs> just throw yeah. out there. Oh, yeah, I've spoken to one yeah, of them. Yeah, oh, yeah, just anything. Yeah, I've talked to one of them. And you're like, them? We, we have options? There's more than one? <laughs> and, <laughs> I think- and the thing is, that the, the probably the thing that we have to um, also talk about is that the, the press statement said he's going to be here for some friendlies. We don't know if it's only the ones in September, the ones in October, all of them. Um, 
we just don't really know. So that just really means the federation is in quite a bit of trouble trying to get some some coaches convinced of the of the possibility of training the Mexican national team. But but Mexico has time, don't they? I don't think that there should really be a rush. I mean, qualify. I mean, the the only major thing that's coming up is the Gold Cup next summer. I'm not really that worried that there isn't a manager in charge just yet. I, I know people are thinking like, I, I well, think- we, got, we got to have the game plan for 2022 <laughs> and 2026 while we're at it. <laughs> Um, I actually, I actually think it's more the press making lots of pressure like next year. I, yeah, oh, well, I, I don't know, but I, I don't know. I don't, I, I'm re- I'm really not that worried right now. And I feel like that's a big talking point for people, which is like, oh, it's it's ridiculous that Mexico doesn't have a permanent manager just yet. I, I feel like they're allowed mm-hmm. to take their time right after World Cup. I mean, you know, I think what's happening is you've got Peckerman in Colombia who's still in this situation where there's nothing hundred percent clear. You've got Kiros who reportedly. He's traveling to Tehran on Wednesday to discuss a new contract with, with Iran. And I think, you know, if Peckerman leaves Colombia, he automatically becomes a, a, a candidate for Argentina, whether it's a sporting director role or manager role. If Kiroz goes to Iran, you know, or if he, if he doesn't go to Iran, then all of a sudden he's an option for Mexico. He's an option for Colombia. Um, you know, who knows who else? You got Paraguay without a manager. You got Costa Rica without a manager. Uh, Uruguay at the minute without without a manager. Argentina without a manager. You've got all these all the United States without a manager. US, and I think yeah. somebody's waiting for for somebody to make the move. Um, you know, I don't know. It's a bit concerning though because I think there are some decent managers out there. But I I I'll tell you just quickly the the other the other angle of seeing this is that. I think the other domestic candidates now can you can pretty much cross them off the list, and I think yeah. the top of that is is Almeida. Because we've heard nothing about. Um, I mean, there is a lot of excitement. There are rumors and whatnot, but I feel like things regarding Almeida and three have been very very quiet in recent weeks. Yeah. Like there's I mean, a little I, nothing. Yeah, but that might be good because I think I think people are getting annoyed with him. You know, giving out all these interviews about why you know, and he's just saying I've won seven trophies with Chivas, and it's like yeah, everybody saw what he did. You don't need to you know. Put yourself forward yeah, as a candidate. Yeah, we, mm-hmm. we, we, we all saw it. And, you know, you, you're a good manager. like. But, yeah, I mean, Almeida's living in Guadalajara. He wants the job. <laughs> like, what, what could he do? He's there. He's, if you want him, if you want Almeida, if the Federation's choice is we want Almeida, he, he's the man for this. He's, 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 the, he's the right manager for this, for this role. And I think he would pretty much be hired now. They've had weeks to discuss this if they wanted to. So I think it's uh, I think you can rule him out, obviously, Miguel Herrera out. Not that he was a really for me a serious I was saying uh, was candidate. he a serious candidate? I don't no. know. I don't know if he was a real no, I mean no, no. people like to bring him up just because of his past experience with Antri and obviously with his role right now with the Medica, but I just I I never really took that seriously. Sometimes no. I feel like a few people would bring up Yoko and I thought never in a million years well maybe no, I, I don't. I don't even really know why he was mentioned. To be honest, because yeah. he didn't even talk about it. Um, he's not really done. He's not done bad since he left. But he's not. He's not done anything to say that. All oh, right, you completely reformed character now. I mean, he's always in trouble every single weekend. It seems. Oh, he's not reformed. <laughs> he's, just, he, no. he's the same Fiocol. <laughs> Nothing has changed. I mean, yeah. Once again, we talked about this on the show. Yeah, his tactics have changed. Yeah, he's more flexible about that. I mean, he still sometimes announces his starting eleven beforehand, but now off the field, he's the same exact Fiocol, the same exact person. <laughs> and we saw that yeah. what in that the not the last game, but the midweek game last week where he just stormed out of that oh, press Leon. conference. 
Yeah, yeah. I just stormed out of the press conference. I was just You're like, yeah, we played terribly. Okay, good night. <laughs> <laughs> I think but, actually um, the Federation has to get like their priorities straight because um, I started hearing today that there's a rumor that Adidas might not want to renew their contract and they're kind of thinking about this. And I was like, oh my God, we're going to have like Charlie or something like sponsor the Mexican <laughs> national team. Hey, Charlie's <laughs> taking over. And they're they, everywhere now. Yeah, they have. So I was like, oh my God, this could actually be happening. <laughs> And then you have all these friendlies in the U.S. And then um, I was I was reading about it. I, I think you tweeted out, it says that they might play some friendlies in Mexico, I think in October, was it? I'm, I'm not really yeah. sure. So no, there's, yeah, there's always this economic right. pressure about what's going to happen with the Mexican national team. And like it or not, you need to coach this up to it. You need to have someone that, like El Piojo, had all these commercials going before the World Cup. Um, Osorio kind of managed to get through without making that much trouble with, with all the merchandising. But still, it's it's an important part of the Mexican Federation, and you still have to deal with it somehow. So I think that's also part of the decision that they're going to take. Yeah, Tom. Any final thoughts on Tuca before we move over to Liga Mackey stuff? Um, not really. No, apart from he's not doing great, is he? The minute with Tigres. Ah, but that's just it's, it's like the worst moment possible for him too. That that's no, we couldn't Tigres. believe it. You have you have Tigres for God's sake. You just have to like I don't know, choose eleven random players and they'll do well. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> it's Liga Mackey. He's, he's gonna get he's gonna get two wins, and no one's once again he's gonna get two wins. No one's gonna be talking about these problems, these issues. He's gonna like <laughs> one of these like wins is gonna be like a like a four nothing win, and then people are really gonna be like hyped up about him. I don't know. I but, but I mean they were, they were lucky they were lucky again at the weekend. I mean the penalty there was no way a penalty. Uh, you know to equalize. I don't know. I mean the suspicion is the and you know I think you have to think about it a lot, but. Ah, do Tigres underachieve? I mean, I know that that sounds ridiculous given how many titles they've won recently, but should they be better given how good they are? I mean, if you look at the Tigres squad compared to 90% of the other teams, it is an amazing squad. I mean, should it not be doing better? Should we be so forgiving that they have a kind of average start to the season and we don't really criticise them, you know what I mean? And it's happened before. I mean, is that, I don't know if that's just or not, because I tell you what, if it's in if it's in La Liga and this is Real Madrid, Barcelona, uh, you know, a team that's pumped a lot of money into a, a team, then they get criticised for, for not performing week in, week out. But La Liga doesn't have playoffs. They don't have like, like, like playoffs after every single regular season. I think that playoff kind of tends to lead to a lot of surprise champions. I, I, I don't know. I, I guess you could also make the argument, why aren't they always in first place after the end of every regular season? I guess that you could make that argument as well. But I think when you consider the playoff system, it's of course you're going to have some surprise winners. Every single season. Uh, yeah, no, I, I, I mean, but I mean, if you look at it now, these first what seven weeks, I think I think it's fair to say what has happened with with Tigres. You know what? Why is Duenas playing at left back? You know what I mean? What, what's yeah. what's happening there? Where you've got so much money in your squad and you're you're messing around with Torres Nilo at centre back? I mean, you know, honestly, in the, in the, if it wasn't, and I agree, the playoff system does kind of skew the way we look at things, but sometimes it shouldn't. I mean, sometimes that's the problem. There's not that pressure week in week out sometimes. And I think that extends to national team level. I mean, a team like Tigres should be absolutely every week in, week out. They have to win games. You know, if they want to win the championship, they can't just be messing around for like, you know, the first two months of the season, basically, in second year. And then go, all oh, right, oh, yeah, we need some points now for the playoffs. Let's like accelerate a bit. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I think, I think you could argue it does extend to, uh, to the national team because there's, I don't know, it's that, it's, you know, Osorio talks about it a lot about the, Competition, you know, Bielsa talks about it being at the you know top level competition, and then that that overlaps with the national team. But um, but yeah, I mean, it's it's difficult anyway when you're playing 
Ayala's playing for Tigres, and then you you want him to perform against you know Brazil and Germany. It's, it's not easy to make that step. You know, it's 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 not. I mean, and he did all right to be fair in the World Cup. Look at Tom making fun of Ayala. Oh my god, man. Let it be known. Tom is picking on Ayala in the Mexican soccer show. Uh we'll talk we, are, we already started talking about Liga Mackey stuff, so let's let's move on to the, the classical capitalino between America and Pumas. Adriana, you're there in Mexico City. You saw whether you were at the stadium, whether you're watching from home. I'm sure you saw the two two draw, which also had two reds. Your thoughts on the match? That was just like, like the craziest. I was reliving the, the America Cruz Azul final somehow. It was like the same <laughs> kind of thing going on. You had a last minute goal header, just well, America. Um, I, they also had one player um, expelled at, the, at that final, if I remember correctly, in the America Cruz Azul. So again, here they had two players um, less than Cruz Azul. And Henry Martin, of all people, just comes in, gets that header in, and they have this tie that really just looked like a win for them. Uh, I really uh, think that America just made it through, and they haven't had that, that much of a good record recently. I think they have five winless games, mm-hmm. and Pumas, I think that it's now six, maybe, or maybe it's five as well. I'm, I'm really not sure, but it's, it, it used, I think it was five as well. Um, I think the most worrisome thing here is just the way Pumas just fell down. It was terrible. I mean, David Patiño just saying at the end, oh, no, no, all, all the changes I made, all the lineup changes, they were all offensive. It really didn't show at all, and I think people were really disappointed, not because of the tie, just because of the way that Pumas, it's just this team that you're used to seeing fighting all over the game, um, just going that way against America, having a 2-1 lead, um, having two more players on the field, you really can't let a result get away from that like that that way, especially at Estadio Azteca. Yeah, two more players on the field after the 70th minute, too. It wasn't as if that second red was like in the 85th minute or like later on. It was, it was in that they, they had that nine man advantage. Actually, I think it was about 22 minutes. So, Tom, I mean, for you, does this result say more about Biojo and America's efforts? And you really got to applaud them for that and for what Henry Martin there, uh, did there late in the game. Or does it say more about, I mean, just the late failure from Pumas because they were so promising at the very beginning of the season and now they've gone what? Three games without a win might even be four, but it's 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 really five, disappointing to see for them. Yeah, it's almost five without a win now. It's um, five. That's five. Okay. I think you know. I think and three three for America as well. I, I mean, honestly, it was important that they didn't lose. You know, obviously it was a confidence boost that they get the goal at the end. Um, you know, you, you get a bit. I mean, obviously you won you won one goal behind. You're going to push forward. You're going to try and get that goal. You know, the, the ball falls on Martin. Henry Martin's head, and he it was, it was a really good editor, to be fair. Um, the disappointing thing for me for Pumas was that they didn't, they did, they didn't, they weren't able to exploit a two-man advantage. Yeah. I mean, that's that's kind of, that's worrisome. And when I say exploit it, like you know, keep the ball, keep possession, or yeah. or, or get that that extra goal. I mean, against nine players, you know, you, you've got to you've got to use use um, you know, use the advantage better. But I don't know. I mean, I think America. I've had a couple of problems. I mean, all the lineup changes. He moves to a back five against Pumas, which I didn't quite understand because Pumas have been playing really badly. You know, I don't, I don't, I didn't see the need for that extra centre back there. But um, and but um, honestly, with with Pumas specifically, I just don't think they're a great team. Honestly, I mean, sometimes I look at kind of you don't, you don't buy into that Pablo Barrera hype, Tom. Hey, I tell you what, <laughs> Bar- Barrera. Like, if you look at the stats, Barrera's actually. You know he's actually done really well. Um, he's one of those players these days that you don't really focus on, but he does quite well. But I know, just in general as a team, Pumas right now, I look at like Queretaro, and I'm like, 
Carretero, Pumas, Carretero. And I'm not sure Pumas are much better. Oh. I, I think we're losing Tom a little bit there. I mean, I think just addressing some of those problems for Pumas too. I mean, we saw that, ooh, that terrible injury for Arribas in the back there from the Spaniard uh, with his uh, arm injury. So obviously he's going to be out for quite some time because I can't imagine that uh, he would bounce back from that uh, pretty quickly. So I imagine he's going to be out for quite some time. Uh, if you they do, said at least a month. At least so, a month. Yeah, yeah. I, I was looking at, at the calendar, actually. And yeah, now that we look at it, um, Pumas had three straight uh, victories. They had one against mm-hmm. Veracruz, which we all know the situation with Veracruz. So it's like, oh, yeah, that, that's an easy one. Uh, then they had the 5-3 game against Necaxa, which was absolutely crazy. Was and then you had game. a 3-0 win against Atlas. So, yeah, if you think about it, two out of three games are actually against one of like, top two of the worst teams in the league. And then you draw against Pachuca, uh, and you're beaten by Querétaro, which we haven't mentioned, but that goal was by a 17-year-old yep, in yep. Seoul. So that was just amazing. So, yeah, I think actually Pumas might have benefited from a really like weak start with, with the rivals at the beginning of the Apertura. And now that they're having some – I know they have Leon this week, and that sounds like a really tough visit for them. So yeah. this might be the reality of Pumas, like Tom just mentioned. And we, we've just been thinking it's, it's a better team than it actually is. We saw Carlos Gonzalez also coming and pretty, doing pretty well at the beginning. Then he, I think he was away for three games. And now that he's back, he hasn't been as strong as he was at the beginning of the season. So, yeah, apparently – Pumas was kind of benefited from that um, that week uh, yeah. those weak rivals at the beginning of the season, and and I mean Gonzalez is 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 not Nico Castillo. I mean they've got yeah. worse. You know what I mean? They've yeah. got worse from last yeah. season. Yeah. No, and I think that, uh, I mean, you look at some of the, I think another attacker reinforcement they had was Juan Iturbe, which if you mentioned that name maybe a few years ago, you'd be like, okay, it's a promising player. Let's see where it goes. But I think things have just been going downhill for him pretty quickly. And over in Tijuana, he was a huge disappointment. He had that serious injury, so he's still trying to recover from that injury. So it is pretty worrisome going forward uh, for Pumas. And uh, like Adrian said, they're going to be taking on the Leon side. And that Leon side, they've got two wins in a row. Right now, so yeah, it's not they're waking easy. up. Yeah, not not, not easy uh, visiting Leon, especially after what they did at Toluca. It's one of those teams that's like started late in the season, but I, I still think that Pumas probably will lose that game. Yeah, Leon, I always feel like they're always uh, <laughs> they're always going to be taking part in some sort of ridiculous win or a ridiculous loss. I, I just never know what to make of that team. <laughs> uh, like top, opposite ends. <laughs> yeah, top. Let's move on to the <laughs> Clásico Tapatío. Huge, huge, huge. <laughs> One nothing win for Chivas on Friday night. You got the golazo from Orbelin Pineda. You were there at the game. Your thoughts on the match? I mean, just what a way to kick off the Liga Mekis weekend. Yeah, I mean, it was, yeah, it was a decent game. Good to see Orbelin Pineda back. You know, I thought he really... That's not, that's not what Chivas fans would say, Tom. They don't say, yeah, they yeah. would be like, yeah, no, not bad. I think, they'd be, I think they're pretty happy right now. <laughs> Tom, I was Tom. almost crying. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh, did what they, I think I thought, you know, Chivas did what they needed to. Pineda with a great goal, obviously. Um, yeah, and it is what it is. I mean, it's, it's interesting because I've been to, over the years, so many Clásico Tapatíos, and then, you know, I've been to a few Clásico Regios as well. And these days, the, the, the Monterrey derby is just, 
it's just it's such it's, it's miles better game. I mean, the build up yeah. to the game, the atmosphere surrounding the game in the well, city, also known as the Le- uh, Liga Mekis All Star Game, as I like to call it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, and and yeah, I mean, I thought you know, Tivas got the job done. Um, you know, this is a, a team that now what nine nine points from from the last three games over the seven days. I mean, really back in the playoff race now. Uh, but you know the. the Against an Atlas team that really lacking confidence without a goal all season, um, so yeah, I mean, obviously Atlas fans are absolutely livid. I mean, they just they're just angry. They, they they want the directors out. They want the president out. I mean, and you do feel for them. You know, you do feel for them. They show up week in week out. You didn't want the sporting president out. Um, not quite. I think they're giving me a couple more weeks. But but, um, but yeah, I mean. It's a shame in a way because they've they've opted to go for like four, sometimes five young young youth system players, and they, and they're determined to kind of and they've got a manager who's come through the the team's youth system, being a player at Atlas, and now he's kind of starting out as a manager at Atlas. So it's kind of the, they're doing the homegrown thing, you know, both players and and the management side, but but it's just not working right now. The only thing I would say is that they they're creating chances they, and. I don't know. Apart from the game against America, they've they've not been kind of dominated in in any of the games. So for me, I know it sounds ridiculous, but it's it's a statistical freak that they haven't scored a goal. I mean, it's just unbelievable. You know, I think if you look at the expected goals, uh, Atlas won seven. I mean, eight, which is actually more than one a game. So to not score a single goal in in all that time is just. Absolutely ridiculous, but yeah, we'll see. Yeah. We'll see with Chivas as well. I think you know the confidence now that that has given uh, Pachuca on 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 Saturday. You know, Pachuca also had a really really good week. Uh, I think two wins and a draw. So you know that that that's going to be a good game, and you know another win, and then all of a sudden, you know, Chivas get back on. But I mean, same thing though. I just think Chivas have had quite some quite easy games in the last week as well. So I'm not getting overly excited, right? you know, just yet. But it is good to see that they're actually, there is fight in this team, you know? Yeah, I've been keeping track of the Atlas stats. It's 117 shots from Atlas and two missed penalties too and zero goals. So I feel like uh, it's it's a little it's a little bit of misfortune there. Maybe a little unlucky, but it's just incredible they haven't found the back of the net. But Adriana, uh, I mean, let's focus on Chivas again. I mean, yeah, they have three wins, but those wins are have been against teams that are at the bottom six. I mean, Tom just brought up Atlas and some of their problems. I mean, 